Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks near Othotep in our China chapter. And so, as we'd like to do at the top of the show, we'd like to thank you, our listeners, and most especially you, our Patreon supporters. You help make the show go and grow. And we have one heck of a show planned for you. And so I will start with introductions to my right. This is Tiffany and I play Maeve O'Shea. And uh, yeah, we have things to do. People to fight. <laughs> People to fight. Who are you fighting now? Well, we did fight. Just in general. She's ready to fight. That's what it is. We, we got that clear. All right. To Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane. and. Doctor and I went searching for a ship. You did. You we did. did not find the ship. Mm-mm. Nope. We found the owner. Well, we didn't find the owner. We know who the owner is. You do now. <laughs> and that is a very important thing to know at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'll be playing Jack Doyle. And uh, so far, I found Shanghai to be very welcoming. That'll change. Uh, to, Mr., um, to Mr. Doyle's right. Uh, this is Lonnie, and I'll be playing Robert Drummond. And... Uh, I got a telegram, but at least it doesn't say Dear John on it. No, that's true. It does say Dear Robert, though. Uh, <sighs> and uh, joining us this evening to Mr. Drummond's, right? Hi, this is Heather Ashcraft. I am returning as the Anastasia Edwina Fairchild, formerly known as uh, currently Elizabeth Simpson Smythe, who is seeking, well, seeking information and certain people in Shanghai. Indeed you are. And last, most certainly not least. Uh, this is Alex uh, playing Sam Bellon, who is uh, doing what he can to contribute to the internal regularity of the local gangs. Yes, the um, we'll just say the medicinal effects of Sam's visits to Shanghai may be felt for some time, maybe four to six hours. So we're going to raise the curtain tonight in the morning light of Shanghai. So after... The doctor and Miss Lane went to go look at a boat after some of the rest of the group went to go investigate the Shanghai Courier. Uh, the day and evening wrapped up back at the hotel, but of course for Mr. Drummond, it wrapped up probably at his own residence <laughs> as he's not having to stay anywhere else. And Miss O'Shea, you awake to a feeling, a strange feeling in your chest, almost as if there's something heavy laying on it well then I guess my first thought is to see where slander is yep he's right there on your chest coiled up although he's carrying something in his mouth oh I, I guess I will check and see what it is it's a piece of paper um and in a hand a handwritten note one that you know fairly well. 
And that would be from Dr. Tottenbach. And the note says, I went out shopping. Be back later. Sigmund. But he left it with slander? Um, you're not certain. Hmm. But slander has it. Okay. Well, then, I guess I will uh, get up and get ready for the day. And then make sure that uh, I don't hear anything bad from doctor, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you don't hear anything bad from as far as you know. Uh, you get up, you get dressed. Um, you have a single occupancy room at this point. Jack, when you wake up, Sigmund's gone. You notice that because while your rooms aren't communal by any means either, uh, you notice that you don't smell his pipe in the morning. And that was something that you had gotten used to. And it's not here now. Great. I guess I'll get up. You get up and take the morning as you normally do with a few drinks. It's really the best way to start your morning as far as you're concerned. Yeah. Smoke and drink. Mm -hmm. Breakfast. Yeah. You've gotten into a habit here in your hotel room after a couple of nights. And you've put out a couple of your own personal, we'll say, treasures. You've begun to create small, well, viewing spaces for them. Um, each one of the different statuettes, mm-hmm. you've, right. you've made a little place for them. It's very important to you. And you sort of make your adjustments each morning to see which one looks right. And it's almost like a... It's almost like a, a little bit of decorating away from home that you seem to do. Makes, makes it feel a little more... Yeah. Of course. Yeah. After your smokes and drinks, you probably uh, head downstairs. Yeah. Okay. So the, the majority of the investigators at the hotel arrive for breakfast, at least within a few, a few 10 to 15 minutes of another. No, at least to catch one another. Miss Lane, you'd probably also be keenly aware that the doctor's not here. You're missing his boisterous voice always somebody that is very eager to greet people in the morning. Um, his practice made him sort of that wonderful morning person. And that's missing from today. You don't see him. Do I see anybody else? Yeah, you see the the majority of the rest of your investigating from that. We haven't gotten to what Sam spent the night doing or what he he's up to this morning, but I would imagine that as your um, personal he, assistant. Say, is he hovering? He's probably hovering. I mean, hovering is a strong term. Lingering. Lingering. <laughs> Lurking. Are we all at the same table? Yeah, we'll we'll say we're all at the same table. Where's the doctor this morning? She was with you last, wasn't he? Not overnight. And we haven't spoken since, right? Last night. We parted ways near our rooms, and that was that. So, has anybody talked to him this morning? Maeve, have you talked to the doctor this morning? I haven't talked to him, but he left a note. He went shopping. Is he okay? Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. I mean, I wish he had taken somebody with him, but... Yeah, there was a little... There was a discussion about that, wasn't there? Yeah. That uh, how the group was not going to move solitarily anymore, just because of so many different things that has happened over the, the months. 
that you've right. been gone? It was just a suggestion. <laughs> well, the doctor doesn't listen to a lot of people, so. That's true. He does seem to keep much of his own counsel. So, Robert, when you wake, you wake with the thought that you went to sleep with, which is, these folks are fairly capable, and I'm certain that they'll be able to get along as needed, but I I have a job to do. I do have a job to do. It's going to be a long day. I tend to agree with you. How would you like to start your long day? Well, um... I'm not going to bother with cleaning up too much because uh, first thing I do is I go out and down to the nearest uh, small market and I buy a knife. What kind of knife are you buying? Large. Okay. Yeah, easily gettable, mm-hmm. um, depending upon the, the type, right? So you mm-hmm. can get a large chef's knife pretty pretty quickly. Okay. Sounds good. I will uh, tuck that into my waistband. Okay. And I will head off down the road towards the International District. Nothing like buying knives before breakfast. I like this the way you think. Okay. So uh, heading down towards the International District is a common walk for you here as a, a, maybe not a local, but as close to locals as, as these folks would get used to. Um, where are you headed to in the International District? Well, right now I'm going to um, look for... Um, somebody who I can associate with uh, a certain um, flower peddler, shall we say. Mm. Okay, so are you going to look specifically for a flower girl house? Yes and no. I know where the flower girl houses are. You do. But what I'm looking for is um, a member of security who might be a little bit loose in his positioning. Okay, so it's probably spot hidden at that point. To try to pick out somebody who's not in the best position. Don't roll a D10 and a D12. That's bad. It just Well, I mean, it won't give you the answer you want. Uh, So spot hidden will be 18 under 55. That's a heart. Definitely. Uh, So, yeah, there are a couple of, um, we'll say, flower girl houses here in the International District. Um, You pick up two or three along the walk. And you head towards one, not at the end of the row, but about midway. Um, and what you basically see is a little soft coverage there. There's nearby one of these flower girl houses. There are some bars that exist. And there seem to be one of the men who are supposed to escort people in and out. Seems to be, we'll just say, dawdling a little. He's not completely paying attention to what he should be doing. Excellent. I will make one more stop real fast. I will pick up a jar of something reasonably alcoholic. Easy enough to do. I will attempt to approach him from a direction that I can easily lead him out of sight. Okay. You're going to attempt to be inobtrusive? Yes, this time. Okay. So it's (laughs) stealth. It's contested. 38 under 70. Wow. Okay. You definitely beat the 90 that he rolls. Yeah. You're able to take an angle. Uh, that aligns properly with the street. Walk parallel up between the people as they pass you on the left and right and can easily get directly behind him if necessary. I am going to hold out the cask in one hand and I am going to approach and clap him on the shoulder and say, it's you. I have been looking for you. Look, I brought the, I brought the, I brought the drink and I will uh, attempt to steer him 
into a nearby um, dark area. Hmm, Interesting. Okay, so that's definitely fast talk. Uh Uh-huh. 22 under 65. Now the question is, does he understand the English you're speaking? He doesn't have to, really. (laughs) I'll say that he does. Mm -hmm. He doesn't... um, you're fat. You're you're um, more immediate and engrossing persuasion. This this sort of fast talk that you do uh, catches him a little off guard, and okay. he sort of nods for a second, and then you sort of position to move him down somewhere where um, you're a little less in sight. I'll hand him the bottle and go take a drink. Come on, I I, I got something to show you. He opens it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, gives you a good chuckle and then takes a drink and then passes it back to you. And then uh, when we get around the corner, mm-hmm. I'm going to pull the knife. <laughs> okay. You pull the knife. He looks astonished. He looks uh, surprised. I take and grab it conspicuously by the blade and hand him the handle. Okay. He's very confused at this point. Yeah. Then I pull a gun. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're, what's your dex? Uh, my dex is 80. Yeah. Okay. So he, he takes the knife by the handle and he doesn't sort of understand what's going on. And then you pull a gun and you see him suddenly cock the knife back like he's going to stab you. Hold up. But he's not fast enough. I have a question. Sure. It's an easy one. There was a woman possibly taken to the temple but not one of the girls Mm. quality he narrows his eyes a little bit I heard the story what do you want with her I need her back it's very easy my boss needs her back but I need to know where she is before I do anything that's why I gave you a weapon he sort of looks a little strangely at the knife and then back at you you don't want to upset Madame Lynn's houses. Of course not. This is a negotiation. Hmm. Let me think. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a power roll for him and see if he has the willpower to disobey his his boss. Sure. He lowers the knife just a little bit and says, "There is a brown building with a red tile roof. You'll see two big." Lotus is over it. Will there be anybody there I can speak to? Absolutely. He gives you a a, a wide smirk and says, uh, you can speak with Sanyo. You'll notice he has uh, a fewer amount of digits on his left hand. He's in charge for the madam at the, at the temple? At that temple. Very good, my friend. Here, I clap him on the shoulder and go, don't think of anything funny. But we'll go out together. Like friends. He sort of stares around a little bit. And then smiles. I will clasp an arm around his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Basically pinning his knife arm. Okay. We will walk out into the street together. I'll take the bottle. I'll take a drink. I'll give him back the bottle. And then I'll head on my way. The other way. Okay. Yeah, you managed to um, get out of out of swinging range uh, with a fairly uh, careful step. 
and you are headed towards the, um, well, the old city. Mm -hmm. So, Heather, it has been some time since we have seen you on camera. And so, the last we saw, you had left with uh, a rather intoxicated ship captain. Yes. uh, In hopes of securing perhaps some uh, interesting information. Uh, And you managed to do just that. This was about three or four nights ago. So Captain Taro, who is the captain of what sounds like a shipping vessel, has mentioned that he brought in a very large shipment recently uh, from parts unknown. It had mostly very expensive vases and um, other, we'll say, luxury items. And that's where the captain has made all of, had made all of his drinking money at. Um, he tells you that uh, he sold them at uh, market for an amazing wealthy price. And he knows that, um, he knows the buyer, he knows who the buyer was for the items. And when he mentions Madame Lynn's name, it immediately rings in your ears of someone that Pierce had talked about because she is a purveyor and collector of antiquities and other rare items. She has been on the watch list for the division for some time now. And so you do, you did what likely what anyone in your position would do is you would encourage the captain to drink more and to enjoy the evening. And the two of you did. So much so that he ended up passing out at one point. Which gave you rather free reign to go around the boat and to see what was there. At least in the captain's quarters. And as such, as someone who's well trained now in that, that art... You've collected, you collected several interesting pieces of information. Um, one is that the captain is maybe not exactly who he seems. He seems to be, in one breath, a, sim- a relatively simple shipping captain. But in the other breath, like a lot of the equipment the captain owns is first rate but his boat is not it's not so much that he spends his money on clothes but a lot of the things that has that show up in his log are well they seem to be more military munitions than simple luxury textiles and and copper pots and and vases right And so as you're sort of detailing this information and getting a good handle on things, you get overcome with a feeling of wooziness. And it strikes you in in super, super immediate ways. You feel a, a flowery scent in the air. And when you turn around, the wall swims left. And that's when you realize that you're in trouble. And your heart, ele- your heart rate elevates. And you do the thing that you 
would know to do, which is to make for the door to get out of where you're at. And you go for the door. And you feel someone grab you by the wrist. And the world goes black. An indeterminable time later, you wake up strapped to a chair. Sitting up. And there is a very dim amber bulb above your head. Which gives you a... Well... Uh, a very meager view of the space that you're in. It's a small room. You feel your wrists and your ankles tied, and there's also some rope around your midsection that seems to be attached to this chair. And you hear a soft knock at the door. Am I gagged? You're not. I'm not. They're going to wish they'd done that. The door opens. You see a, a long dark-haired woman walk in. She's wearing very fine garments, and she is an older woman. She's probably in her mid-40s. Uh, she definitely seems to have the uh, an air of presence about her. She doesn't walk in with any bodyguards. She doesn't appear to be armed. When she approaches you, she tends to keep a, a respectful distance from you physically. And you hear in very crisp well-defined English. Who are you? And why are you here? Who are you? I'm Madame Lynn. Ah. She takes another step closer. Personally, be taken care of by you is a bit of an honor. My question, please. I won't ask again. I've heard that you prefer people to just <clears throat> sorry that drug is whatever it was which... well played by the way how is the captain or is he still your captain I'm sure at this point either he is on your side or he is no longer on anyone's side including the side of the living too bad you seemed nice Yes, the question. Yeah, you get you get absolute stone face from her. Just call me Lilibet. Let's start there. What do you really want to know? We're not here for pleasantries. We are not. I would like to know, where is Charles? I know he's around here somewhere. He's hiding in a building. He's in a, on a boat, a train. I have told him. Come directly. Do not send snoops. Well, if you know him that well, you know he would never come by himself. Or would even... Well, he doesn't come to this level, does he? Hmm. Though I will say this. As someone as talented in your line of work as you are, he did send one of the best. Believe it or not. He has his own view about my particulars, opinions. He's on a crusade. I'm not interested. Yeah, his motivations in many ways are his own. And let's just say I, I do it in part to help, but I don't necessarily subscribe to his, as you put it, crusade. Well, 
as luck should have it. I am hosting a dinner in a few days' time. I am willing to entertain a few guests, perhaps. It's unfortunate you won't be able to make it. Now, I will send him a message. I'm guessing the message. <laughs> she smiles. Ah. Well, at least we do understand each other. She takes another step closer to you and you feel her, you feel that presence sort of come over you and, and she reaches out and she puts her hand against your cheek. If you send that kind of message, you will only inflame him. Why bring that on yourself? I'd be much more useful to you. Let's just say alive. Because let's just be honest, just us girls here. So, do you send a message, bloody, back to him and just further fuel his desire to reach you? Or do you find a way, another way, to utilize what you have? I am an asset, I'm quite the catch. And possibly not have him crawling through your uh, collections. Yeah, she stiffens a little bit at the idea of what you're proposing. I think what I'll do is let you simmer. Mm. She turns around. I'll be in touch. I'm sure. I look forward to it. She walks out and closes the door. You you are left in a room um, alone with the light. And you realize all of a sudden it's been a really long time since you've been to the bathroom. I'll leave you there. <laughs> so back at the hotel that the investigators are at, what are the assembled crew planning on for their day? I look to Lillian uh, and I will ask, uh, did you and the doctor have any luck on your excursion yesterday? Your trip to the docks to, you're looking for some ship from a picture, right? What happened? Well, we did not find the ship, but we found out who owns the ship. That's something that is, that is better than better than nothing. So uh, who owns the ship? By the way, the name of the ship is called the the Dark Mistress. Okay, I thought right. you'd appreciate that. The name of the owner of the ship is Alfred Penhurst. Seems like a very English. It seems like a very Western name. Yeah, I was going to say it seems <laughs> like a very English name. Yep. So we might want to ask Mister Drummond if he's heard of this person, because if they have a ship docked here in Shanghai, I mean, I don't know. Mister Drummond seems like he knows. More than he's letting in. We also have the stuff that we found at the uh, news office, too. Oh, yeah. What did you guys find? I found an article um, about um, some especially cruel crimes that were committed on Lantern Street. Uh, there are two names of people that we could try and find, though they seem like common names. Um, we know about where it happened, so we could see if there's anything magical attached to that. 
Um, and I believe there were some other articles that we found that seemed kind of odd and out of place. Did we want to go to that place on Lantern Street where those bodies were found? Yeah, we can do a... Is that the one with the fire vampires? Well, uh, so the description of the attack seemed to be familiar. I get this big smile on my face. Again, you know, we've... It just says that they were, like, unusually violent, and, but it did give the address of 88 Lantern Street. Yeah, there was a Westerner that, uh, that was seen running from the scene. Some monks were killed. Well, that's too... Are we thinking that's Brady? Oh, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. It is possible, and I'm sure Lillian's itching to touch something, so maybe she'll be able to find out from the building again. You know, it would seem that, that he has mired himself in an extraordinary amount of shit here, and I don't know how much more of it we want to shoulder before we're prepared. I don't know if we're ever going to get more prepared. doesn't seem like he's a bad person. Based on what I, I know it's not saying he is. He sounds like a decent fellow. I mean, for all we know, these uh, vampires are chasing him. Or if, sure. If they are the fire vampires. Well, if he's the sole survivor from the ex, you know, I say that with quotes from the expedition, somebody's going to find him and keep chasing him across continents. So, how much of this is being blamed on him to get him out of the way? That's the other thing. Oh, right. Right. Maybe. Or to get him out in the open. Sure. I mean, when I spoke to, was it Anthony, is his name, right? At the paper. Um, he he laid out quite a bit for me um, about the murmurs of, about town. He had mentioned uh, being particularly concerned about militias that had been popping up and uh, a bunch of criminal organizations taking advantage of things. Which, I mean, it would lead me to believe that if if there are people being exploited, there's likely some sort of resistance, whether it's overt or organized or whatever. He seemed very concerned about how powerful Hofeng is. And he seemed he seemed genuinely curious about um, the owner of the Flower Girl house. What was their name? Uh, Madam Lin. Yeah, and if she's as discerning a collector as, as we might be led to believe, I imagine that maybe she has contention or competition or she has some sort of relationship with Hofeng. A rivalry, if you will. Maybe. So we want to. So we want to go see Madame Lin, or Ho Fang, or the place on Lantern Street, or all three. I, yeah, I think we want to do all three. Actually, I mean, I don't. I don't know if we want to see Ho Fang, but I want to see his. Uh, At least stake it out. Yeah, I do like a good stake out. The fellow we ran into last night seemed very interested, right? Yeah. I just don't know that we should be running head first into some of these people that seem like they're the bosses of these yeah like without getting more information I mean we barely know where anything is in this city well yeah there's there's nothing wrong with uh, getting a footing in the city I just I would rather not spend as much as little time here as possible because this city seems like it's on the verge of exploding well, Anthony seemed, uh, and I'm, I'm inclined to take his recommendation uh, that the Shanghai Museum might have a bit more. Um, if we're if we're look if, if we know we're going to end up if we know we're going to end up making noise, I, I would just hope that we learn as much as possible. So, okay, um, if there is something to be learned there, then should, should we all go together? Yeah, 
Yes, I think we should all go together. Should we leave a note for the doctor? Yes, we should leave a note for the doctor. Okay. So the group's decision is to move on to the Shanghai Museum? Yes. Understood. I breathe an active sigh of relief. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say we had to go running head first to see Ho Fang and Madam Lin. We could stake out and do some preliminary investigating. Yeah. Get some information on them before. I don't. Yeah, I don't think the Shanghai Museum's gonna. If we walk in and say, "Can you give us all your information on Madame Lin?" <laughs> well, you know, the last they time we went to a, a museum. <laughs> That's true. You've made a friend. I, I found the Necronomicon. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry, we want to let Drummond know where we're going. Do we know where he lives? Uh-huh. You have his business card, which yeah. lists his phone number. Well, so probably you- no address. There is an address on. So, are you going to make a call to Mr. Drummond before, or are you just going yeah. to head out? Yeah, let's make a call. Okay. So, who is making that call? I'll, uh, I'll make the call. Roll luck. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Uh, that's 26 under... What do I have now? 78. So, it's a hard success. I'll say this. Lonnie, after um, you acquired your information... Mm-hmm. You, for happenstance reasons alone, have to pass back by your place before you go. Yep. Um, You happen to be just popping in really quick, just to make sure everything is still settled. And your phone rings. I answer. This is Robert Drummond. Ah, Drummond. I'm glad I caught you. This is uh, Jack Doyle. Ah, yes. Yes. uh, We're heading to the Shanghai Museum. If you have any uh, need to get a hold of us, that's where we'll be for the, the next few hours, probably. Hmm. I should uh, I should be fine. I'll be gone for several hours as well, so um, I'll try and get back in touch with you later today. Okay. You'll be at the hotel tonight, I assume. Yes, most likely. Okay, at least some of us will. What room are you in? Um, I give them my room. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. You've exchanged information, uh, Mr. Drummond. After the phone call, you um, skirt your way in out. You have your own business to attend to. I certainly do. All right. Uh, so, at the Shanghai Museum, not too terribly long later, um, it is uh, located on the border between the International Settlement and the French Connection. So, for viewing overhead, it's it's central, but yet a little bit west. The French portion is a little west of the International District. Uh, it's a fine example of colonial architecture. So, I think... Inside is where the the museum blooms. And that's where you begin to see all of the exquisite Chinese pottery and beautiful scroll work and all the things that would make up a museum, right? Like for, for you, Maeve, uh, the outside of this place doesn't do the inside justice. It's like somebody came here and renovated the outside and then they turn it into something that it shouldn't look like. Right. The museum itself is not terribly large. We're not talking about the London Museum or the the Cairo Museum, for that matter, which is just super, super vast. Um, This is sort of a basically a multi-floor structure, but it's not the footprint of itself. is not as big. And um, you uh, encounter the front desk soon thereafter entering. They nod at you. Like, I don't know where to start. So, oh, uh, I guess I'll approach. Hello, do you speak English? The man behind the desk nods. Yes, I, I thank you. Uh, I 
we were recommended to come see a Mr. Mao uh, regarding some uh, curiosities. Uh, Anthony from the paper sent us here. We are uh, looking into some local history matters, curiosities. He nods. Um, I might be able to assist getting you to Mr. Mao. Great. He sits back a little bit. I, uh, I slip a few, uh, bills across. Oh, he seems to acknowledge you, Jack. Thank you, sir. The museum does appreciate it. Of course. So, um, I will offer, um, either one of you charm or fast talk. That it. I'm staring <laughs> blankly. All right. I'll do fast talk. Okay. Okay. It's 55 under 71. Okay. He, uh, takes the bills and you see them <clears throat> fold very delicately into his pocket. He stands up. Give me just a few moments. He steps away from the desk. I can't even begin to tell you, uh, how much this city reminds me of Chicago. Because you have to pay everybody off? You have to pay everybody off and it's run by gangs. You know, one of these days, you all are going to have to teach me how to play it straight because I just really have no idea how to deal with these people. I want to say these people, I just mean people. Right, right. We got it. Everybody make me a spot hidden roll. 38 under 99. Wow. That was a good roll. A 77 out of 88. Mm-hmm. Hard success, 35 under 75. So those of you who made a spot hidden roll successfully, which I think is all of you, mm-hmm. you all notice that there's an awful lot of people here in the under, like this first level of the museum that are just kind of sort of milling around. Yeah, so everybody here notices probably four or five gentlemen, and I use gentlemen as a very loose term, <laughs> who are just, they're just sort of here. They're hanging out. They're not really looking at much art. They're sort of standing. Some of them are smoking cigarettes. And they're just standing there. Do they have a certain uh, um, local tough feel to them? Mm, you're pretty well trained, Jack. You'd probably say that one, two things is true. Either they are waiting on something or the museum pays for protection because it has rare antiquities in here. Oh, so no heist. Huh? They did say that there were you know, gangs jacking for power. So that's true. Uh, a gentleman comes out with uh, the the man that came with the desk, an older man. And uh, he sort of very carefully walks up and then bows very deeply to you. How can I help you? Sam, you're the one that uh, talked to Anthony. Maybe you could take the lead. Sure. Hi. So we were... We had spoken to Anthony over at the Courier, and he had mentioned that are are you are you Mister Mao? No, he's Mao. Oh, of course I am. He laughs. <laughs> Wonderful. We had inquired about some some curiosities and goings on in town at the at the Courier, and Anthony pointed us in your direction as a potential source of more information and so we headed this way and uh, met your remarkable desk person hmm. 
and here we are. Well, if you are looking for, um, I suppose that's the first question, yes? What are you looking for? Oh, we, we tend to specialize in unusual goings-on, curiosities, antiquities, mysteries. The treasure hunters. Cults. <clears throat> Egyptian artifacts. Egypt is far away away. <laughs> well, we're, right now we're more interested in uh, a local group. Hmm. Want to know uh, maybe some of the historical background of this group? What group? <clears throat> I just look around a little bit and then, you know, lean forward. Uh, the uh, bloated lady. He gets real shifty. I don't think we should talk here. I agree. There is a tea house. He takes a very, very small piece of paper out of his robe and he writes something in very block lettering. You can tell that he has a hand for English. Everything's very blocky. And he he leans in and offers you a cigarette. Like an actual cigarette from a pack. I uh, lean forward. And you feel like the weight of something hit your other pocket. And he leans back. And then he offers you a light, like the strike of a match. Thank you, I was out. One hour. Again, thank you. You have a beautiful museum here. For as long as we can keep it. And he turns around and walks out. Mr. Drummond, Mm -hmm. you are making your way across town into the old city. Mm -hmm. Now, the old city isn't a place you frequent a ton. But you know of a few different hotspots where expats and some non-local locals (laughs) tend to hang their hat at. More importantly, you know what streets to be on and what not to be on. Yep. So what I'd like to do is find a decent place to survey the target building from. Okay. Like a like an overhead target? Like an overhead visual? If I could get to a rooftop, that would be ideal. Mm, by unlikely. If I could get to an upper floor, that would also be ideal. Possible. You can get an upper vantage point that way. It'll cost you a little uh, yen, we'll say. Or perhaps a Mexican silver dollar. I'm, I don't have any of those right now, so it'd have to be yen. All right. You produce some yen? I just tell him I want to borrow the room for a little while. Yeah. Private business. You borrow the room for a little while. You chase out um, an otherwise happy couple to go find a different room. Mm-hmm. This place, this building, by the way, that you're in is is full of this. This entire half section of this floor is all essentially flower girl rooms with any number of services happening. What kind of place is it? Wood? Stone? It's wood. Hmm. A lot of wood buildings down here. Yep. Hmm. A lot of decorations, flags out front, because they, uh, not not necessarily flags, but more like banners. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you can see uh, the churn of the crowd below. Um, These are 80 to 85% of these are all locals. There's no tourists that you see in these lots. Um, This is um, where locals come to do their market business. Yep, yep. So I want to see, on a basic level, I want to count who goes in and who goes out of the temple. Mm Mm-hmm. Or if I see any movement around the temple, like uh, patrols or guards or 
Okay. That's a spot hidden roll. That would be a 69 over 55, but I think I'd like to push it. Okay. So why don't you tell me how you're going to push it? I'm going to take out my camera. Okay. And I'm going to look through the lens. Hmm. Interesting. Now, if you're going to push the roll, of course, it's important for me to remind you that all that failed push rolls are bad. Yep. They are bad. They are. So what do you got? And you can't spend luck on a push. You certainly cannot. 80 over 55. You drop your camera out the window. Oh, jeez. It goes down several floors until eventually it shatters and the cobblestones out front. Well, damnation. I'll be a week replacing that. Several people look up at the window. Mm-hmm. I hurriedly make my way out of the room. <laughs> Alrighty. You could still do the same thing from foot. It would take you a little longer. I guess... I guess I'll do it on foot. Okay. You begin your walk on foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you cover about five blocks worth of walking mm-hmm. while you work up an idea about who could be protecting this place. There's roughly five gentlemen who make a rough circuit of the same area. Mm-hmm. You end up having to move into and out of a few businesses, a few market stalls to keep them from paying too much attention to you. Mm-hmm. It's really, really tight, but it's not impossible to get in here. I'd like to buy another bottle of alcohol while I'm in and out of the stalls. <laughs> okay, easy done. As far as the flower girl shops, mm-hmm. do I know which ones are Madame Lynn's or would I have a very reasonable idea? You have a pretty good idea of which ones are which, yeah. You've been in town long enough. You've been given um, a little intel uh, in the past on where some of her operating areas are. And you've come to understand the lotus symbols that she uses over her buildings, Mm -hmm. at least. They're not all in the same place. Sometimes they're they're tucked here or tucked there. But you have a fair idea. I'll just keep that in mind. Um I'd like to time getting to try and get into the temple timing around the patrol. Okay. I think that's reasonable. I'm going to probably call it stealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and before you roll. Before I roll. I am going to spend a hand of fate in your favor and give you advantage on this roll. Okay. So what happens if uh, just... For instance, one of the rolls was a double zero. I mean, it, you take with advantage, you take the lower of the two. Okay, so that's a 32 under 70. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're at advantage, so yeah. you would automatically take the, the 32 under 70 is a hard success. Yeah. Not only do you find a gap in coverage, but you find by chance a unsecured door. Ooh. You find a way in. This is not a main entrance either. It's a side door into this place. Okay. What do I see when I when I go in through this through this door? Uh, you see a hallway that stretches probably about twenty or thirty feet in front of you, straight, mm-hmm. and then to your right, there's stairs that go directly down. Knowing just like you've been in with other businesses, all the business 
that they're going to do likely is going to be um, on the upper floors. They're going to have people go up into rooms and bars and whatnot. Um, if someone's being kept in one of these places, downstairs, they're going to be down. Take off my shoes. Okay. I am going to head over to the stairs and take a quick listen. Go ahead. Give me a listen roll. Uh, 24 under 60. Okay. Uh, You do hear between the tiny taps of water, you hear some wood on wood scraping. Like someone moving or, or, or a chair? Or- yeah, it could be. could be a bed. could be a chair. could be all sorts of movement going on in one of these houses. But there is definitely some sort of movement. Is there a rail? Yes. I will move to the side of the steps opposite the rail, and I will head down on that side. Okay. Very slowly, so as not to creak the stairs. Sure get down into the basement and you hear this same sound coming from a room down the hallway here. And there are, uh, you can hear uh, people down here too, but they're behind these closed doors that are down here. Um, there are some very interesting sounds that are coming in this, uh, coming out of this hallway. But there's this yet again, Riding sort of on the on the top on the high part of the sound level in here, you hear this back and forth, back and forth squeak. It's not rhythmic in that way, but there's something going on. Are there any rooms that are absolutely silent? Um, hard to tell here at this point because you're 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 there's four or five of them right in front of you directly. Keyholes? Probably not. No. They're probably very simple sliding doors. Movement of people? From the vantage point that you have, there are definitely people moving behind here. They seem to be moving together mostly. Right. I will I will deliberately go past any room that doesn't that has people moving in it. I'm looking for rooms without people. Give me a hard spot hidden roll. I really don't want to spend that amount of luck, but this is important. I am spending 41 luck. I love it. To make that a success. Okay. You continue to search and you get down to where the hallway takes an L and you go left. And there is a room in the darkness there. So the hallway light sort of fades and you see that there's a door at the end of this hallway. It's not a sliding door like the rest of them. It's a door door. It's a door. And then under that door frame, there is an amber light different from all the others. It's very faint. And in that faint light, you hear that same sound. And so, of course, Heather, you've been working very diligently at these ropes for the better part of 30 minutes. So I'd like you to give me a dexterity roll. Um, Or I would take survival. Actually, so I'll give you the option. You can roll dex or you can roll sleight of hand. I think sleight of hand would be probably reasonable as a skill. Okay. 
They don't really have like Houdini. I'm good. I have skills. I don't know how good I am. Let's find out. Ah, uh-huh. so that is a seven under 60, sir. All right, that's an extreme success. Um, you managed to get, probably after a good a, a good amount of work, you managed to get your left hand uncoiled. And it, they did a number on your forearm. You can see the deep red and, um, you know, um, snake bite symbols of that heavy rope that's been placed around your arm. But you get it free. Wouldn't be uh, the first time. <laughs> and when you get it free, uh, you manage to, at that point, move the chair enough to get your body around and twist it in a really terrible position to get to your right arm. I take it slow, breathe, and just slowly stretch until I can manage to get back and start manipulating whatever's back there. It's really difficult. You nearly have like a muscle cramp in your back, but you do manage to get your right arm free. And then there's this wave of sort of exhaustion and um, just utter relief that your arms are free now. It's not that you're, I mean, your body is still pretty well wrapped. I mean, you you could double as a Christmas sausage at this point, but. Mm. Uh, The chair that I'm sitting in, Mm-hmm. Anything loose on it? At this point, the back of the chair is a little loose from all your work. And I will also, I mean, I'm going to feel around the best I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, the As much of the wrapping as possible to see if I could find an, an end, anything frayed. Yeah, you find an end. And the problem is, is that they placed that end directly in the middle of the small of your back. And so oh, getting leverage over it is very difficult. But the back of the chair is loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you might be able to, say, press your way out of the chair if you wanted to make a strength roll. You could attempt to break the chair. And I'm in the middle of the room. How close is the nearest wall? I would probably say maybe four feet. Are my legs bound at all? Yeah, they're bound. Um, I'm going to try and hold onto the chair and see if I can scoot it with my toes or kind of maneuver it with my body to back towards a wall. You maneuver it. And then if I'm, how am I facing the wall? Am I facing the wall? Your back's, your back's to the wall. My back's to the wall. So I'll try to rock back and push the chair back toward, uh, onto the wall. Okay. To, see, yeah. to loosen it further. Make me a dex. Let's say 73 over C. Um, 65. Okay, so you could spend the luck difference. So that would be eight points of luck you could spend. Thank you. And that, that would make a success. Oh, I didn't have to do the math. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will go ahead and spend those eight points of luck. Okay, you do so. And as you do, you are able to tip back and get against the wall at a 45 degree angle. And you start hearing the chair sort of tense and then creak. It's at this point... You're at the door, Robert, mm-hmm. and you can hear the sound of wood splintering inside. And probably some grunting. Check the door. It is locked. And probably a bit of swearing. My locksmithing is fairly terrible. Mm-hmm. My strength, however, is not. <laughs> you can make me a strength roll if you would like to attempt to break the door down. I don't want to break the door down. 
that's kind of defeating the purpose of being silent. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly being quiet. Do you want to try to um, basically <laughs> over-accelerate the handle of the door and, and essentially break the mechanics? Is that what you're going to try to do? I think that would be um, the best way to try it. Hmm. Or at least try to do it in a cushioned manner so it doesn't make too much noise. Okay. 37 under 65. Okay. You pull the handle, you roll it away, and then you roll it towards and then away, and you start to get a feel for where the mechanics are. And then you really bear down. Mm-hmm. And you hear the stress of the metal before the door pops. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point... Stasi, the chair completely collapses beneath you. And so you pop the door, Drummond, and, and see a woman in a dress. Last, probably the last clothes that you had on. Up fall. Or at least <laughs> a very long, probably slightly dirty slip at this point. Yeah, probably quite. <laughs> she collapses in that amber light against the ground. And you see, you know, I would imagine she's reacting to try to get up. She's covered in ropes and everything else like that. I hold up a finger to my lips. So you make eye contact with her mm-hmm. and you're going to make me a powerful. 53 under 90, sir. Very good. And likewise, Stasi, why don't you give me a powerful? That is an 18 under 55. Fantastic. Robert, you see her from across the room. and she's I know not her. Far. You know exactly who this woman is. Yes, I do. And for you, Stasi, you get flooded with memories that you did not want. You get a vision of a hospital bed and the California air and your friend, Jackson Elias, trying to mentally help you recuperate. And you get this vision of a man that walks in to have a conversation with him. Dark suit, dark fedora hat at the time. And they have a friendly conversation. And you get this in waves, in in swimming images. And you look to your right, and Jack's in the bed to the right of you. And you realize that you know him, or you're supposed to know him, and you don't know why. And that, is where I'm going to call this episode to a close. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Masks of Neurothotep. We look forward to next week, where we'll treat your ears with another story. Thank you, and good night.